Now, it seems only fair to begin this sermon on God's call with full disclosure. Responding to God's call and discerning God's direction are in my top three favorite topics about faith. So I can't hold back my excitement about today's text. Growing up as the extroverted daughter of a clergy couple, I heard the call stories of my parents' seminary buddies and missionaries from overseas around our kitchen table. Pastors, teachers, and missionaries from all over the world often stayed at our house. And then, before graduating from college, I was called by a committee, a very Presbyterian-style calling, to try seminary. I enjoyed my trial year and kept with it long enough to graduate, but I questioned my call and even wondered after I completed the dual degree exactly what God was up to, calling such a knucklehead people person clergy PK preacher's kid. And then a few years later, back at Union Presbyterian Seminary as the director of admissions, I had the delight of walking alongside people who were discerning their path to seminary. I got to know college seniors and retired professors and social workers who were figuring out if Union in Charlotte or here in Richmond, or maybe online, was the place for them to continue their journey. So, full disclosure here, throughout my life, I have been fascinated and inspired by the wondrous call stories that have guided faithful people. And yet... I still cannot fully fathom how it all works. I can't explain how and when God calls each of us to shine the light of Christ and share the love of God. I can't offer you a formula to look out for or signs to expect when you're seeking guidance. I can't tell my own clergy compadres when a new call is a good fit or if they should stay where they are, serving and continuing to dig deep roots. Very few people have had a burning bush experience of call like Moses. But what I can do is listen. I can listen for the signals of the Spirit with you and together look for the signpost and light along the way. I have had the privilege of listening to people share their call stories with me in coffee shops and around kitchen tables. And I am convinced that there are hints we can notice if we pay attention. 
Now, of course, scripture is one place where the signs and signals are clear. The Bible offers a vast array of call stories and descriptions to guide us. There is no age limit or type to what a call story could look like. Jeremiah was called as a young boy. Mary was called and visited with the angel Gabriel when she was a teenager. Joseph and Daniel discerned their call through dreams. Jacob swindled his brother out of his blessing and fled in fear, and God found him and worked through him. As queen, Esther navigated the king's court and scheming advisors to protect her people. Zacchaeus was called while he was up in a tree, and Lazarus was called out of the tomb. You can be anywhere in any stage of life, in the habit of making good or questionable choices, and God can come calling anytime. If you are listening and have made it to this point in the service, then you're included too. That's right, God is also calling you because God calls each disciple. Each one of us is called in a unique fashion. We are not all called to be tax collectors or carpenters, engineers or preschool teachers. You may be called to be a surgeon or a historian, an artist, organist, or a lawyer. Pay attention because God's call is never boring or benign. Now today's scripture passage offers us a description of God's call and Christ's work through the church. Roger reminded us last week that scholars are not sure if Paul is the definite author of this letter to the early church in Ephesus. No matter the precise author, we trust that these instructions still matter for the church today. So as you listen to this familiar text from the fourth chapter of Ephesians, consider the ways God may be calling you. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, 
some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knitted together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, were you listening? Did you hear the good news? Today, we have a list of what following God's call looks like. Humility, gentleness, and patience. Eugene Peterson translates verse 3, writing that the called are pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love, alert at noticing differences, and quick at mending fences. This is not an easy assignment. Responding to God's call is not comfortable or convenient, yet it is grounded in love and leads to service and to the good of the community. We can incorporate these attributes individually and as a community of faith. We can strive to be humble and patient within our extended family and in our neighborhood, on social media, in the grocery store, or waiting in traffic. We can do our best to channel gentleness through our conversations. We can pour ourselves out for our neighbors near and far in acts of love and do our best to mend fences with haste. We can notice, learn from, and celebrate differences. Our common call to follow God can unite us in discipleship. As one body, paying attention to one spirit, united by the grace of one baptism and connected by one faith, in one God. Now, this week, I've been thinking about our shared humanity and what unites us as I've watched the Olympics at night. I am in awe by the impressive athletic talents on display and their feats of strength, endurance, and skill through different events. And I've been touched by the stories behind the glory of the games, the personal commitment to participating in these games a year later without family or fans, with extra precautions and risk, 
These are incredible people who have dedicated endless hours to practice and competition. And this year, the medals aren't the only headline. Athletes are talking about their mental health and the toll the pressure to perform has on their lives and well-being. Naomi Osaka, who lit the Olympic flame in the opening ceremonies, Simone Biles and Katie Ledecky are just a few of the athletes who have courageously shared the shadow side of the spotlight. Their message is important. Wellness is critical. One can be in exquisite physical shape and not be healthy in spirit or in mind. And this is important to keep in mind when we are considering God's call as well. God's call will challenge us and push us out of our comfort zone, but we are called to wholeness and peace. God's call is grounded in love, not suffering. Following God leads to grace, not grief. God's call is complex and can be confusing. And Ephesians teaches us the call builds up the body and nurtures the beloved community. Now this church is living out the complexity of what it looks like to follow God's call this summer. In case you haven't noticed, Alec and Ginger are away. And with the gracious gift of time together for a sabbatical break, they are enjoying time in the San Juan Islands. Now, taking time away or stepping back from this church does not mean that they are not called to serve second. No, no, not at all. Time to catch their breath and relax is a chance to recommit to their call to this church. Jesus took time away too, and he called the disciples to rest. And in case you're wondering, it's been a summer of clarification for me and my call as well. I am grateful for the fantastic staff and the patience many of you have given me over these past few weeks. It has been a team effort to keep the ministries of this church family humming and moving forward. And I've been reminded why I was so thrilled to accept the call as your associate pastor, normally not in charge or called to make too many decisions. Friends, we can explore and try new things from time to time. And when each of us is working according to our call, the community will be built up in love. So the church is at her best when we each play our part in the symphony of God, of serving God and serving our neighbors. When some serve at walk-in, and some sing in the choir, and some teach, and some pray, and some make cards, 
Some call to check in. Some bake pound cake. Some share tomatoes. Some share articles. Some welcome visitors. Some create banners. Some take pictures. And some share their own faith stories. We are all called to speak the truth in love and to build up the beloved community. We are called to live out our faith in different ways, and that variety is a blessing. So today, God's call first leads us to gather at the table. Jesus is calling us to remember our unity through the bread and the cup. We remember our Lord with his friends before his death, and we remember that God's power and life have the final word. We remember that at the table of Christ, there is a place for everyone, for each of us to come and enjoy the feast. And then we are called to go out into the world we are called to sparkle with the light of Christ and to share the extravagant love of God. We are called to be inspired by the Spirit, to be patient and humble, to be gentle and ambassadors of peace. You can't deny it. You can't climb a tree or start a feud with your brother to hide from it. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you to an abundant life of faith. Will you answer? Let us pray. Gracious God, grant us clarity and confidence as we hear your call. Guide us with courage and conviction to follow your way. Lead us to love and light in the footsteps of your Son, our Savior and Shepherd. Amen.